podcast where we cover magic herbalism and more i'm nick and i'm shannon and we are your co-hosts and since it is at the very present moment two days before halloween we are finally doing scorpio right uh insert all of the noises so on that like spooky note i'm covering a plant that sounds spookier than it is black cohosh um and i also have a great poem by t crofton croker that i'm going to share about a banshee and the death coach love it love it but before we get into all that i have a question for you shannon when did you feel the magic this week Oh, this week, you know, and this is a fun, um, a fun, tough question, because I don't know if anyone's aware there's been like a national shortage on uh, ADHD medication. So I am officially two weeks without my Vyvanse, which has made some things funny. Uh, but <laughs> I think for me, it's been just trying to find ways to like function like a human, but also kind of feeling like I'm a bit uh dissociative without my meds has made everything have kind of a magical lilt to it uh to put a positive spin on it Uh, so I've been doing a lot of like really digging in to some of my like herbal support systems mostly because I'm trying to function like a human so I've been trying to do more like meditating but also doing a lot of like bacopa tinctures and a bit more skull cap and just practicing my intense like herbal green witchery so I can function like a human in society <laughs> well I mean that's pretty important yeah so- I mean like honestly if any of our listeners have been struggling with all of the ADHD med shortages I see you it fucking blows I'm so sorry <laughs> yeah no <clears throat> That's that's a real struggle. I mean, you you know, I was on those meds through my entire school career. Yeah. Uh, and going off of them is tough because it's I mean, those most of them are stimulants in some form or another. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And for me, the biggest thing that I hadn't realized was how much um, being on Vivance had helped with my clumsiness. Like, my apparently ADHD-related clumsiness is uh, Mm. back with a vengeance. So I'm just, like, dropping shit left, right, and center. Like, I have 17 thumbs, four left feet. I cannot (laughs) stay upright. I'm going to be covered in bruises. But it's fine because I'm drinking tea and taking baths and trying to be a good little girl despite the fact that literally the world is melting down around us. And it was a full moon, and we had a fucking, like, we had a lunar eclipse, it's Scorpio season, the world's on fire, you know. Casual. <laughs> it's so casual. So casual. Um, well, I actually had a really good one from this very morning. Um, so anyone who lives in or around Texas knows that we have finally broken our heat for the summer. And it uh, the highs are not expected to be above the 50s for the next two days. God, I'm so jealous. 
And so it is very cold and misty this morning, but add on top of that, that we have had a small group of crows inhabiting the area recently. Um, not grackles, not ravens, crows. Yeah, y'all, if you can't tell the difference between a grackle and a crow, seriously, just Google them. Once you can, like, I feel like once you see the difference, it's actually pretty obvious. And the size, I think, is one of the biggest indicators. Well, it's true, but, you know, there are some outliers on both sides. And, like, a big, well-groomed grackle, you know, could be doing crow drag. I mean, that's fair. But also, how many times have you seen ah grackle uh, true 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 but we've had <laughs> these like three little crows that hang out around and one of them like was just staring into my soul this morning walking back from getting my coffee and i'm just like walking by and this this crow is just maintaining eye contact mm, i love that sensual spooky <clears throat> Very sensual, very spooky. Also, what is the crow trying to tell me? I haven't slept enough to be dealing with this kind of thing. I feel like that's like the biggest like scorpionic crow energy possible going into this Mm. episode. Well, speaking of which, do we want to do we want to just open up with roasting the hell out of Scorpio? Or do we want to start with the more serious stuff? I feel like let's start with Black Cohosh. That way we can let Scorpio have its um have its moment in the shade, as mm. it were. Um <laughs> and then we can finish with the poem because it's it's a fun spooky season poem. Um but I'm so I'm talking about Black Cohosh. It does have some fun, like spooky common names too. Rattleroot, Bugbane, Fairy Candle, Black Snake Root. Um, but it's from the uh, Renun- Ranunculaceae family, the Buttercup family. They're native to North America, all the way from like Georgia up to Ontario and Quebec, and from like Missouri and Arkansas through the Appalachians, all the way up into like New York and Massachusetts. Like these things are all over Eastern North America. So it's a perennial. It can get to be about eight feet tall. It has a smooth, furrowed stem that divides into thirds. The leaves are um, trypanately compound. They have serrated margins and the flowers are really cool. Like they appear on like tall racemes. They have no petals. They kind of look a bit like, like this is where some of that like fairy candle comes in because it's like the tall stalks of flowers that kind of look a little bit like wands. They're very cute, but the flowers smell a bit Funky. So, like, they attract, of course, like the standards, like bees and moths and things, but also flies and gnats. So, you know, it's a choice. It's uh, it's given Scorpio. It's beautiful. It's stanky. What's happening? We love it. So, it's pretty easy to cultivate. You can propagate it from like seeds or by rhizome because, like, the root is really where the medicine is, and it prefers what is referred to as woodland shade and honestly don't we all prefer woodland shade i mean Um, (laughs) fucking come on really woodland shade okay yeah i'm like woodland shade i'm sorry that is also my preferred growing environment 
Um, <laughs> so it's like that, like dappled sunlight, basically, right? Like a little cool, but like not direct baking sunshine. You can grow it in partial sun or full sun, depending on where in the country you live, but it's got to be like a cool full sun, you know, not like a Texas full sun in the middle of August. So you harvest the roots, obviously, in the fall, because remember, the nutrients fall down. Um, and once all the aerial parts have died, that's really when you want to do like your harvesting of the roots. So disclaimer, disclaimer, disclaimer. I'm not a doctor. Nick's not a doctor. This podcast, it's not intended to treat or diagnose anything. Please always talk to your medical care professionals before you start any herbal regimens. So these obviously being like native to North America, there are a lot of indigenous peoples in this area of the world, including the Cherokee, the Delaware, the Iroquois, uh, Mi'kmaq, and the um, Penobscot who use black cohosh for, you know, all sorts of things. The Cherokee in particular have traditionally used it as a formula for easing menopausal gynecological issues um, and also like as a sedative and an antispasmodic, as a diuretic for fluid retention and for things like diarrhea and inflammation. Literally, if you're someone who menstruates, you're like, oh, cool. So like everything horrible that the menstrual cycle can do to your body. And the answer is yes. Yes, indeed. Uh, Cherokee author J.T. Garrett also talked about, though, how the plant is called black snake root because it was also traditionally used to treat snake bites. Again, wouldn't recommend. Uh, you know, like, <laughs> if you have no other options, sure. But if you can get thee to a doctor, do it because snakes don't don't fuck around with snakes. Um, the Delaware include it in a traditional tonic formula with um, elecampane and stone root. The Iroquois use a root decoction for rheumatism. Um, and the Mi'kmaq and the Penobscot use it uh, for kidney issues in particular. So the American Eclectic Physicians deem the root, uh, which they refer to as macrotice, it's a relaxing nervine. And they suggest it as a plant for um, pain, in particular, like, muscle aches and rheumatism. But again, it's got that anti-inflammatory thing that also makes it good for things like coughs. But they even recommend it for things like carditis and uh, pericarditis uh, and angina pectoris. So like, you know, heart pains, as well as to improve digestion. But really today, like the most common thing that you'll see it for is for gynecological issues and imbalances like amenorrhea, menopause, the German Commission E approved its use for PMS, dysmenorrhea, uh, menopausal, menopausal uh, neurovegetative ailments. And despite the popularity of it as an herb to support like the ovo, the ovo uterine system, uh, its early traditional uses to ease rheumatism, arthritis, headaches, and neurological pain are actually like kind of important with some of the more like recent research that's been coming out. Because some of it's suggesting that the benefits of this plant in addressing like the menopausal discomforts, things like hot flashes, depression, the pain and cramping could actually be more due to its ability to bind to serotonin receptors. So there was this review in 2012 that basically suggests that this whole folk perception of it as an herb solely for menstrual complaints and other uterine issues might need to be revisited because the herb essentially could uh, possess like more general analgesic properties. So it's like, yes, traditionally this has been used for like 
issues associated with the the uterus etc system which we know causes all sorts of havoc but this idea of it as being like a general analgesic actually does like kind of open up the possibilities for it a lot but with that said there's been some really like inconclusive studies around like the actual impact that black cohosh has on hormones with that in mind i think especially for our friends who may be on hormonal treatments for any, you know, number of things, whether it's like gender affirming hormonal treatments or hormonal treatments for like certain imbalances. This is one that you need to be like very, very careful with. Not to say that you cannot safely incorporate it into your, you know, your medical care, whatever, like your, your little uh, bag of tricks, but you do need to work with a doctor because, you know, hormone balance is a tricky thing most of our bodies can't manage it on their own let alone if we're throwing them curveballs so just like you know be cautious with it it is really a pretty plant um but it smells funky so you know it's like you can grow it but I also am like I don't know if I would I have lots of cool plants that I love I ended up digging up a huge chunk of my succulents because the flowers smelled like garlic and it ended up smelling like rotted Italian food on my front porch for half the summer. (laughs) Not the rotted Italian food. Choose your own adventure. Um, But I'm like, you know what? Just buy it. Also, be really careful, especially if you're in areas. um, In particular, I saw like in Illinois, it's considered an endangered plant. So if you're going to be wild harvesting, just like check out your local like herbal, like resources all of your local plant resources just to make sure that you're not you know going out and harvesting some fucking like endangered plant especially if you're in a place where you can wild harvest it and you can just fucking buy some seeds and go plant it in that empty field like you know a few doors down you know y'all know how to do this y'all are smart y'all are good at being safe magical uses why might we be talking about this during the scorpio episode well it's associated with leo but also scorpio It's associated with fire and Pluto. So the big like, you know, themes that you see when you look at Black Cohosh's magical uses are courage, protection, potency, and banishing, which I just, I love that like potency and banishing. Cause I'm just like, this is some big dick banishment energy here. Like that's what we're getting after. My favorite like recipe recommendation I saw for it as far as like spell crafting was to do like essentially soaking the dried root in witch hazel and putting that in a spray bottle to use as like a banishing spray. And I do not know why, but for some reason when I saw that, I was like, I think that you need this for your car. Like this just feels like a really good way to get rid of funky energy that can get all up in your vehicle when you're like driving around all the time. And that was just my like witchy gut telling me y'all need a black cohosh banishing spray for your car Um, because it also does do protection. Right. And I'm like, I think because I've been in my car so much more over the last couple of weeks, I've really been thinking about the ways that you pick up energies when you're driving around, especially in big places like Los Angeles. And I'm like, you know, I do so much protection and like cleansing work in my home, in my outdoor spaces. But I spend hours in my car every week. And why do I never think about that? Well, it's kind of like when we were talking about like smartphones and TVs and how like 
all of that stuff is really a portal, but you don't, you spend so much time on it, but you don't really think about it, but. Right? So I'm but like, also, okay, guys, I think we should think crazy. about our cars. I think it's crazy how people who are otherwise sweet, innocent people will have the worst road rage. It's like, what is going on? Yeah. Make yourself a little peace sachet and hang that shit from your rearview mirror. That is like on my to-do list is to find a cute little bag and make an herb sachet for my uh for my mirror. I think I was also thinking about it because again, being off my Vivance, I am having a really tough time driving again. I'm realizing how much my ADHD impacts my um distracted driving. I'm not talking about being on my cell phone, guys. I'm talking about my brain distracting me while I'm driving so I think I'm gonna like put together some like herbal sachet and hang it for my rearview mirror that has things like protection but also calming because you know it is Los Angeles so of course you know you can use that black cohosh to like make a banishing spray you could also like put them in a little sachet and like hang them in your car that whole protection and potency thing I think makes it really great for like love magics. If you're trying to like conceive in particular, y'all that are into breeding, you know, put it in a sachet under your pillow. But I think with the protection too, it's like, put that shit under your doormat. Y'all know this will work under your doormat. Most plants will, but I think an herb that you can grind down into a powder, perfect for a doormat, a magic blend. Like, come on. You know what I, you know what I think would, is so funny when we talk about, putting stuff under your doormat i just imagine there's some listener out there that does follow the advice and has every single one of the plants that we've recommended to put under your doormat so far and they just have a little keep right it's like their doormat standing like a solid two inches taller than it normally would be there's a there's a noticeable lump under the doormat (laughs) yeah i'm sorry if we've created a tripping hazard um time to have an editing eye <laughs> you know um oh my God. but that's black cohosh i mean i use the herbarium i used reddit um i used lots of lots of wikipedia kind of poking around so black cohosh sounds spooky mostly good for your uterus but also maybe just general pain so talk to a doctor that's what i have on that today it's not like a super long segment and i think i find that more with like the north american herbs in particular just because there's not as much of a like extensive written history as we have for like European herbal traditions, because, you know, white people uh, came over and like fucked over North America real hard. But also we really love record keeping in like the 15, 1600s in Europe. So um, sorry that there's not more fun lore around it, but that's black cohosh. Well, you know, one of the things that struck me in all of that is you were talking about the funky smell but then how it's good for banishing and it's like that just makes perfect sense to me something that is a little repugnant in its life you know oh yeah i mean like shit you do some fucking black cohosh and garlic and you'll never see a vampire (laughs) um love it so are are we ready to drag Scorpio to hell or what? I think we are. I'm just, um, I'm buckling up because y'all, when I tell you Nick was texting me last night and I was like, I'm feeling the spice. It's going to be a spicy oh, yeah. episode. 
Oh yeah. So I'm just, I will I will say up top that like so first of all, I am a sidereal Pisces, if you believe in that, which I don't necessarily identify as that, but um it I must am one be of the, said. But it must be said. Also, Cancer Mars. Um and you know, <clears throat> I am part of the Pluto and Scorpio generation. But that just feels like not a very significant placement because I share it with like two billion other people. Well, and also it's like we didn't see Pluto for a very, 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 very long time in human history. So to me, when we're looking at like astrology with the outer planets, it all feels a little like less connected to the astrology traditions anyway. Right. Which, you know, first solid drag of Scorpio, who cares about Pluto? <laughs> I mean, look, we can't even decide if it's a fucking planet as a, as a race of people. Right, right, right. Um, but also, you know, it's like, yeah, don't have any major Scorpio placements whatsoever. Um, you know, I don't, I don't either. This is a very um, Scorpio light co-host duo. Yeah, I mean, you know, because it's, there's really just nothing, uh, except, again, Pluto, so, but again, everyone born for, like, those 30 years or whatever has Pluto and Scorpio. It's not a very important placement. Um, so, again, but I was saying last night that uh, Scorpio uh, is one of the, I, it's so funny, so, as far as, like, not relationships, right? But like situationships. I can think of a couple of Libras offhand. Um, and one Scorpio. So what's the deal with that? I don't know. Um, but I, I wanted to call this segment Scorpio Situationship, uh, which is just a drag, but also. I feel like Scorpio is the kind of bitch to only ever be in situationships. And here's well, here's I mean, what I, I just have say. to say, I, I wanted to say on that note, Nick, with the situationships, um, you know that the organs ruled by Scorpio are mm -hmm. the organs of reproduction and elimination. And I almost didn't even want to say it because don't you feel that's just too on the nose? It, truly but i just think it's like everyone always remembers the sex organs but no one remembers that it also rules like your fucking colon right 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 yeah it's also your shitter exactly so take that scorpio take take one of those too um but no okay but i was gonna say because i feel like here's here's my hot take uh about being in a situationship with the Scorpio um, was that when I would try to do like normal dating-y kind of stuff, it was greeted with the attitude of, oh, you're like obsessed with me. You're always checking in to see what I'm doing. And it's like, yeah, because I'm trying to like go out on a date. Like not everyone is obsessed with you, but like we're literally seeing each other romantically why is it seen as like weird and obsessive to be like trying to figure out your schedule see to me i feel like it's so projecting 
because like Scorpios can become so obsessive, right? It's like this the the obsession of Mars because I'm like okay, fuck Pluto as a ruler. Scorpio is such a Martian sign, right? And it's this kind of like dog with a bone thing where I do see some of that like projection there in like unenlightened Scorpios. Yeah, it's like not everyone is obsessed with you. Yeah. It's like, I know you are, but not Mm -hmm. everyone is. And let's talk about that because everyone talks about how self-obsessed Leo is. But I actually find like, Leo is not self-obsessed as much as they are attention-seeking. Fair. But Scorpio is obsessed with themselves. And they think everyone else is, too. Well, I mean, it's like the thing. It's like as soon as Scorpio season kicks over, I literally told Eric today when we were walking, I'm like, Scorpios are the Kanye's of the Zodiac. Because no one loves them as much as they do. <laughs> no, but really, though, it really is like that. And I actually, since we've had a bit of a Tim Burton-themed week, I had um, kind of a Tim Burton-based roast about Scorpios. And that is that Scorpios think they're, like, dark and mysterious, like Edward Scissorhands, right like dark and mysterious and troubled and everyone's a little obsessed with him uh and scorpios think they're that but actually scorpios are jack skellington (laughs) which i i am going to elaborate because jack skellington is a melodramatic as fuck but also if you really look at the story in Nightmare Before Christmas, it's like he's Mr. Popularity. He gets the girl in the end. And he loves Christmas. There is nothing dark and mysterious about Jack Skellington. Jack Skellington is a fucking sad boy. He's so sad that he's so good at what he does. Oh, right, right, right. It's like, oh, regular life is just not good enough for me. You know, it's like, get over it. You're like, you're you're kind of at the top of the pyramid, you know? You're the fucking pumpkin <clears throat> king. You're the pumpkin king. How, how bad can that be? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But no, I, uh, I, but I, but I feel like every Scorpio sees themselves as more of like an Edward Scissorhands character. And it's like, no, you're a fucking jock who wears black. You're, you think you're spooky. And that's the thing that, um, look, I love, I love my Scorpios. Not a single Scorpio in my life is actually spooky. They are not spooky. They think they're spooky, but it's like, again, it's like Jack Skellington. It's like, okay, so you're a skull, but like, you sing and dance. You're not spooky. And also, if you listened to the other people in your life, you could have avoided a huge catastrophe. Mm. Listening. This was avoidable. it's, It's avoidable. And also, 
how are you going to be in love with Sally's Sally Stitches, but you won't listen to a single goddamn thing she says to you? I mean, it's that thing where it's like, I, I think the intensity of Scorpio can definitely blind themselves to literally anything else in the world, including very good advice. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because I've I've actually never <clears throat> met a Scorpio that wasn't convinced they were right. Honestly, more than most Earth signs I know. Oh, absolutely, absolutely self-righteous. Um, but also I would say self uh self-defeating in many ways too. Like when they're wrong they will not own up to it. Oh, I mean, hell will freeze over. (laughs) Okay, but when they do something wrong, it is something that is happening to them, not a mistake that they made. Yeah, and I think that's where that kind of like, like, sure, everyone's like, it's a fiery water sign, but like, that is a very watery thing. I'm like, that is Scorpios. That is some shit a cancer would do. Yes. And the thing is, you put black on and then suddenly think you're dramatic for doing it. And it's like, baby, that doesn't make you Dracula. That makes you a baby in a cave. <laughs> no, but. And I will say, I mean, Scorpios are hot. Yes. Yes. But but it's like, at what cost? It's not enough to be alluring. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the personality has got to be there. But, okay, so let's talk about the Scorpio obsession with sex. Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about it. Because it's like... They're just horny. Like, yeah, it, it's like you you were born during a time when there's nothing else to fucking do. Yeah, it's like it's like, you know, it's not. Like. They're just horny. They're not like it's not about the passion. It's not about. I mean, at the end of the day, I think it's like quantity over quality for Scorpios. Like they're trying to stack bodies. Mm. I mean, outside of like a relationship, which again, I I cannot think of any Scorpios in my life that are in like long term committed relationships. It doesn't seem to be for them. I mean, I have a few, but they're definitely relationships unlike what I would choose for myself, for for one of them I'm thinking about in particular. Oh, sure. Well, and then it's like, I feel like, I feel like a Scorpio is the one, is definitely going to be one of the people that are like, open relationships, swinger situations, like... Just horny bullshit. And I'm not sex negative, but I am not, like, frothing at the mouth sex positive either. I'm like, sometimes y'all be fucking around too much. I'll say it. Well, 
there's a good balance, right? It's like, not to yuck your yum, but if your yum is going to like cause rampant disease, maybe we should have a healthy amount of yuck. <laughs> well, it's, it's not even about the public health of it all. It's just like, I don't know, to me, that feels partially like a bodily function. You know, it's like, you're just gonna do it naturally. Again, reproduction and elimination. And it's like, you know, if if you if all you do is spend your life, like if you're going out to like bars and clubs every single night trying to get laid, like where does that leave you time to like read a book? Since you're so dark and mysterious, read a fucking book. Instead of <laughs> trying to be out all the time fucking people. I mean, and it's like, is it self-love or is it procrastination? Oh. And honey, they they're not they're not hearing this. I think honestly, if we have any like major majorly Scorpio leading listeners, like they've already switched off at this point. So um but no, okay, here's what I will say too. Is it's like the drama of it all and they just act so nonchalant but it's like as a bystander where you're just like like how do you go through people like tissues and you're just like eh, it feels a little like like borderline sociopathic yeah i feel like scorpios really have a lot of like the negative traits that people lay on lay at libra's feet but because they put on winged eyeliner, people ignore it. Mm. Right, right, right. Well, and I mean, yeah, it's like people talk about Libra and commitment issues. And it's like, hello, Scorpio's right there. Right. It's like, um, hello. Yeah, literally Libra is taking a piece of Scorpio uh, from the sky. So they're getting it from somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah they're, they're really, they're, they really are. Um, but I think it's funny that the sign that we, or like the people born under what we call Scorpio is the butt of Scorpio. Yes. <laughs> it is the elimination station. It's the elimination station, uh, because Libra is the clause. Yeah. So, sorry, y'all. You're, you're literally <laughs> the butt. The poisonous the butt. butt. And I, I say all this as someone who, like, genuinely, like, my three closest lady friends are all Scorpios. We should all be dragged for filth. Um, we, we, I feel I, like... I'm working on it. I'm working on it, you know. But we only get one sign every 30 days. We do. And to be fair, I think that Scorpio deserves it a little bit more than others on the podcast because there is, like, this very weird cult of Scorpio worship in the witchy sphere mm. that I don't appreciate. I don't appreciate it either. I do not appreciate it either. Some of the best witches I know are air signs. And that's on period. But I'm also like, I I very much appreciate earthy energies as well. I'm like, Scorpio like is kind of on the bottom of my shit. Or I, it's on the top of my shit list, depending on how you look at it. But... They, yeah. 
And it's like, yeah, I but I would also say I think Scorpio ladies are so much better than Scorpio men. Speaking oh, of yeah. sh- speaking of shit they put on Libra, Scorpio men are truly a fucking menace to society. I have never met a man with a strong Scorpio placement that could be trusted. I have never met a man with strong Scorpio placements that didn't give off Frankenfurter vibes. I mean, you know that a certain, like, four-letter friend of mine from college, Leo with a Scorpio moon. Mm. I I know who you mean. I know exactly who you mean. And is the embodiment of that fuckboy energy we're talking about. Oh, yeah. Oh, and it's like the, like, Leo-Scorpio combo, that's a lot. That's a lot it's of... It's too much. Okay, can we talk about, though, some famous Scorpios? Because I think this is also going to, like, paint the picture of the problem. I I absolutely need to pull up the list of famous Scorpios. So I'm guessing you have it as well. There's a few I know off the top of my head. I mean, can we talk about the one who's contributed to the greatest ick whiplash of, like, literally recent history? Kendall Jenner. Oh, and there you have it, folks. I think that's really the end of the segment, don't you? Right. Fucking Kendall Jenner, Katy Perry. Mm. Leonardo DiCaprio. Who I cannot, I cannot stand all of these people. I don't think you get it. Like, Scorpio is my least favorite sign. (laughs) Drake? And it's not mine. But I'm like, yeah, Drake. Fucking Drake? Julia Roberts. Okay, but it's like... It's like Julia Roberts, fair. Like... Hen Badgley. Hillary Clinton. The greatest modern disappointment. Okay, now that's... That is... That's, yeah. That's on Scorpios. I Winona Ryder, though. Winona Ryder. Yeah, Sticky Fingers Winona. Sticky Fingers Winona. No, because literally it's like, we almost, they almost need to create this narrative around themselves that they are, like, troubled and mysterious. And it's like, I, I know Winona probably went through it as a child star. I feel like they all do. But at the same time, it's like... Cry me a fucking river. And it's like, uh, you got to spend the 80s and 90s hanging out with, like, Tim Burton and Johnny also, Depp. like, yeah, I'm sorry. It must be so hard for you to be famous. Oh, truly, because sometimes I'm like, oh, no, you have to go to... You have to do press, which means you dress up and go to a party. Yeah. I also have to say, not only is Kendall Jenner a Scorpio, so is Kris Jenner. So Scorpios are ruining the world. Um, can I talk about how terrified I am of Kris Jenner? Honestly, it's correct. And the dark, dark deadness behind her eyes. Her glass Barbie doll eyes. Like, that's, that's dark-sided. It's dark-sided. Yeah. Uh, Anna Winter. 
Which, okay, can we talk about the the resting bitch face of it all? Yeah. Because I feel like that is, that's the real Scorpio, is just the resting bitch face of it all. Ooh, speaking of fuckboy energy, Matthew McConaughey and Ryan Gosling. I do love Ryan Gosling, but you cannot blame me for thinking that he does have a bit of a fuckboy edge to him. Oh, yeah. Well, and speaking of the famous Ryans, Ryan Reynolds, also a Scorpio. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Can we also say one of the biggest fucking pretend gays of all time, Stanley Tucci. Oh, yeah. No, because Stanley Tucci is not a homosexual and this is a fraud that needs to be revealed. Uh, Stanley Tucci has been married to a apparently beautiful woman for decades. And it's like, what bigger fucking Scorpio swing is there than to make a career off of pretending to be a gay man? Oh, my God. Again, it's that fucking Frankenfurter energy where it's like. I don't know, it's. I don't know if Stanley Tucci is straight. But. You're too, you're too good at it. It's so fitting though, that like, it would be this big fucking disgusting cosplay because I'm like, you know, there are actually like brilliant gay actors. Why are we letting a straight guy be the gay man in so much of our media? I, okay. Here's what I will say. Tilda Swinton. It has to be one of the top Scorpios. I mean, they've also got, like, Whoopi Goldberg. So I'm like, there are these people that come out of left field that are like, I I love Tilda Swinton. The thing is, I'm suspicious because I also love Whoopi Goldberg. And now we know how that turned out. I'm like, I can't trust it. Mm. Mm. Emma Stone. I don't like Emma Stone. Eric likes Emma Stone. I don't like her. I and you know what? I think that's that we've talked about it enough. I I it's no it's not surprising to anyone, but I also don't care for Emma Stone. I think that she feels like a tryhard and she still is just like a fucking rich kid. Like she has that like girl next door vibe. Y'all Emma Emily Stone's parents are loaded. <laughs> no. Not Emily, because I'm so sorry. No name gives off, like, bitchy rich girl energy more than Emily. Yeah, her real name is Emily. Oh my god, that makes too much sense. Doesn't Uh, it? I'm like, oh, because I've met Emma's, and you know I have, I'm prejudicial about names more than almost anything else. And I've met Emma's, and I like Emma's, and so it's weird to me that I dislike Emma Stone so much. But now that I know she's really an Emily, it all makes sense. Yeah, look, one of my favorite humans is a Scorpio named Emma. But Emma has, like, Emma is not a traditional Scorpio, and I need to look at the rest of her chart. Because it it is one of those things where, like, when you meet Emma, I don't think anyone would read her as a Scorpio. No, I would, I would bet... I would bet good money that Emma has a lot of Libra placements. Oh, I mean, yeah, I could definitely see that. Definitely. Or maybe even like 
some Taras. I well, I was gonna say some like Capricorn placements because Capricorn, regardless of what people say, can be kind of goofy and fun. Yeah, I'm married to one. I love. I feel like Capricorn has big like guard dog energy, where like they can seem so serious and intense, but they're puppies. Like that, like sweet baby Rottweiler who like Mm. looks like a brute and is kind of intimidating, but then wants to roll over on their back and get belly scratches. Like that's a lot of Capricorn. But is also kind of a dumb baby. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) I'm like, I do have to say I'm living for this like roast series for the Zodiac signs. No, I, I, I'm having, I'm having fun doing it. I'm absolutely having fun doing it, but I will say, okay. Anne Hathaway, maybe, is the top Scorpio. Mmm. Because, I don't know, I personally loved The Princess Diaries um, maybe a little longer than was age-appropriate, but whatever. Um, that's yeah. my vote. That's my vote for top, top Scorpio. Now, I would say if the Scorpios were doing the voting, they would want it to be Lord. Or Winona Ryder, depending or on what, the generation. De- depending on the generation, yeah. I mean, look, I think that the Scorpio who most famously got what they deserved was Marie Antoinette. Mmm. And that's on Scorpios. I mean, look, again, you gotta own it, y'all. You gotta own it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like, yeah, y'all, y'all do have Bill Gates. Who, yeah. Okay. Let's talk about putting on a fucking show. Right? It's like, right. why is Bill Gates always talking about how much of his money he's giving away? And it's like, why don't you just, like, pay off student loans? Or, like, you know, do what Akon did and literally build your own power grid in Africa? Like, Well, I mean, look. You want to talk about Scorpios pretending to be doing the good work. RuPaul. RuPaul. And that's on Scorpios. Because RuPaul, okay. First of all, ruined drag. I'll say it. (laughs) Yeah. I'll say it. And none of the drag queens I like have ever been even, like, considered to be on a season of Drag Race. Uh, because guess what there are weird and wonderful and quirky drag queens out there they don't all have to be like thin bitchy blondes like yeah may i submit dragula for your alternative consideration listeners and actually it's so funny because i follow for thirst reasons the cinematographer that does dragula because obviously it makes sense that the cinematographer is like a hot, gay, thirsty gay man, you know? Yes. But, and I will I mean, say, that man is a Sagittarius who seems like a Scorpio. You know who does seem like a Scorpio? Pete Davidson. Mmm. Seems like one is one. Um... I think that my vote, though, for top Scorpio is probably going to be Margaret Atwood, giving y'all a literary Scorpio. Okay, but 
that is that is too good. That's too good for them. But we've given them, I feel like this might be one of the spiciest drags. So I want to give them a good win here at the end. Because admittedly, when you look at like all of the celebrity Scorpios, it's a really problematic list, y'all. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, I'm sorry, RuPaul alone is enough to end the conversation. <laughs> but then you add in like Whoopi fucking Goldberg, Leonardo DiCaprio, Katie Limpfish Perry. Like, you know? Ugh. Well, well, okay, so we'll give the Margaret Atwood fine. But we do have to, to wind down a little bit here. Because your ya, ya boy's gotta wear it. Yes. So I'm gonna read my spooky poem, y'all. I'm gonna have to, I need to find some, like, spooky music to play under this. So I got this great book. Um, it's called A Treasury of Irish Fairy and Folk Tales from Barnes and Noble. But just for the season, I wanted to read a book. Uh, I wanted to read from the book a poem called The Death Coach by T. Crofton Croker. Tis midnight, how gloomy and dark. By Jupiter, there's not a star. Tis fearful, tis awful, and hark, what sound is that comes from afar? Still rolling and rumbling, that sound makes nearer and nearer approach. Do I tremble, or is it the ground? Lord, save us. What is it? A coach. A coach. But that coach has no head, and the horses are headless as it. Of the driver the same may be said, and the passengers inside who sit. See the wheels, how they fly o'er the stones, and whirl as the whip it goes crack. Their spokes are of dead men's thigh bones, and the pole is the spine of the back. The hammer cloth, shabby display, is a pall rather mildewed by damp, and to light this strange coach on its way two hollow skulls hang up the lamps from the gloom of rathbunny churchyard they dash down the hill of glenmire past lotta and gallop as hard as if horses were never to tire with people thus headless tis fun to drive in such furious career since headlong their horses can't run nor coachman be heady from beer very steep is the tivoli lane but uphill to them is as down, nor the charms of Wood Hill can detain these duelins rushing to town. Could they feel as I felt in a song, a spell that forbade them to part? They'd a lingering visit prolong, and after their head lose their heart. No matter, tis past twelve o'clock. Through the streets they sweep on like wind, and taking the road to Blackrock, Cork City is soon left behind. Should they hurry thus reckless along, to supper instead of to bed, the landlord will surely be wrong if he charge it at so much a head. Yet mine host may suppose them too poor to bring his wealth and increase, as till now all who drove to his door possessed at least one crown apiece. Up the dead woman's hill they are rolled, for in mine eyes quite out of sight. Fallon Temple they reach and behold, at its churchyard they stop and alight. Who's there? said a voice from the ground. We've no room, for this place is quite full. Oh, room must be speedily found, for we come from the parish of Skull. Though Murphys and Crowleys appear on headstones of deep-lettered pride, though Scannels and Murleys lie here, Fitzgeralds and Toomeys beside, yet here for the night we lie down, tomorrow we speed on the gale, 
For having no heads of our own, we seek the old head of Kinsale. Ta-da! <laughs> snaps. It's, snaps. Isn't that a fun, spooky Halloween poem? Oh, yeah. Well, okay, you know, so I... And I was going to say, I just watched Sleepy Hollow, too. So the Headless oh. Horseman imagery was was sending me. Good. Well, I drew, before we, like, end, I drew the tarot scope, which is an oracle scope for Scorpio, um, from my fairy oracle guidebook. Um, I drew for y'all the journey. So it's time to prepare for a journey. Speaking of headless uh, horses and headless coachmen. It's time to prepare. It may be impromptu or planned. Either way, make sure you're ready when the time comes. So this is really saying to me, Scorpio, y'all are about to go on some sort of journey. But remember, you need to travel light so you can be spontaneous, both with like your physical journeys, but also with journeys of your heart and your being. So this adventure might be like a physical thing, but you could also be thinking about like, you know, uh, a bit of a, a holiday. For yourself you know even if it's not necessarily going somewhere this journey could be like a self-discovery type situation maybe it's just a staycation go back to basics you know like spend some time taking care of yourself but you really do need to like take a change of scenery for a bit of time uh maybe especially after listening to this episode where you've been read for filth and you need a bit of a you need a bit of a reset so that's that. Y'all are about to go on a journey. And the card's really cute because it's a fairy with a giant rabbit. Oh, like, like riding it like a horse? Well, standing next to it, but perhaps prepared to mount it as a horse. Oh, now that is fun. Very I'm, cute. I'm having a lot of fun just imagining it because we're not using the cameras today. Yeah, it does have like a little like leaf saddle on it. I'll send you a picture of it. <laughs> it's, it's a cute card. Like she's not riding it yet. But it's it's ready to go. <laughs> I I actually really need an oracle deck. So if you see any that just scream Nick Paul, um, snap a picky and send them to me. I will because you know I got this one as a gift from a Scorpio in my life. <laughs> After we've like read them to filth for an hour, but honestly, it's all in good fun and with love and a little bit of malice. Just a little bit. But I think, I think uh, if anyone appreciates the cattiness of a good read, it would be a Scorpio. And that is the it only compliment I'm giving you people today. We gave you Enjoying Cattiness and Margaret Atwood. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. Now get the fuck out of here, you stupid Scorpio bitches. Yeah. Get out, Scorpio bitches. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye now. <laughs> Oh, incredible. So uh, Willow was filling the full moon as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, she like was scratching at me so hard to try to get me to wake up, like to the point where it also woke Erica. She was being so disruptive last night. 